Welcome to the Third Destination Melbourne podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Stewart. This month's interview with Lisa Lawrence, owner of the Little Book Room in North Carlton, took place on Halloween. And while that fact would not normally need referencing, walking into the children's bookstore at about four o'clock in the afternoon meant that the place was decked out with some of the best Halloween decorations I've seen in any store. Uh, Throughout the interview, which we did in the store's back office, you'll probably hear the sounds of dozens of excited kids racing around in the store. Uh, You'll hear the phone ring once or twice, but what you won't hear is the fact that we had to pause the interview for about five minutes while a couple of kids, followed by their frantic and very apologetic parents, dashed through the back office to use the bathroom. It was pretty crazy, but it was a lot of fun. In a past life, I lived around the corner from Nicholson Village, so it was fascinating to hear how places like the Empress Hotel, VeloCycles, have changed to cater for the area's different demographic. A special thanks has to go out to Sarah from the city of Yarra, who suggested Nicholson Village, and Lisa in particular, as a great example of a suburban precinct learning to work well together. It ties in nicely with our Discover Your Own Backyard campaign, which we work with the city of Yarra and a whole swag of other municipalities around Melbourne to really promote and highlight the tourism product that is all throughout Greater Melbourne. Uh, and so it was really interesting to get a, a first-hand look at how that plays out on a local level. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Victorian Tourism Industry Christmas Party, which is happening on Tuesday the 6th of December at Cargo Hall in South Wharf. Celebrate the year's achievements with your peers, colleagues and industry partners. Bring your business cards and grow your network over a few drinks and great food as we reflect on a huge 2016 and look forward to an even bigger 2017. Presented by Destination Melbourne in conjunction with VTIC and the Melbourne Convention Bureau, you can book your tickets via our website destination.melbourne/events. And the usual bit of business, if you're subscribed to us on iTunes, please rate us. It helps more people learn about the Melbourne visitor industry and gives them a more thorough understanding of the individuals, businesses and organisations that make up our industry. And if you have a suggestion for an interviewee, please email me at dylan at destination.melbourne and I'll get right on it. But without further ado, here is Lisa Lawrence, starting with a brief history of The Little Book Room. The Little Book Room opened its doors on the 13th of October in 1960. Uh, Albert Allen took a big risk and decided to open the first children's only bookshop in Australia. But a journalist from the age cottoned on and a story was published that morning and the shop was full of people that whole entire weekend. So we have a really long history of bringing children's books to, to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the peak of his... Um, his time in the 80s there were five little book rooms around Melbourne but now there is just one in Carlton North on Nicholson Street and it's owned by me and my parents Ian and Leslie. And so how did you get involved? How did Ian and Leslie get involved? So I was working uh, for the the three previous owners. Albert um, when he decided to retire sold the business to three of his staff, Deb, Christine and Sarah. And I worked for them when I was at university. 
and um, when they decided to move on to the next thing, it seemed like a great opportunity to avoid handing in that honours thesis. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> mum and dad were happy to take a little bit of a risk and, and get involved too. So here we are. Awesome. So <laughs> did they? Did your parents have a history in bookstores or publishing or anything no, like that? No, not at all. I was. I really um, talked them into it good and proper. Good. Excellent. <laughs> but they have an extraordinary depth of knowledge now that has has really surprised them. Yeah. Um, eight and a half years, it's an, gee, they know a lot. Yeah, right. So that's how long you've been involved too, eight and a half yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. A few years before that, I worked for the ladies, yep. as, as they were called. Right. <laughs> and are they still involved at all, those ladies? Um, not not directly, but they do pop in and there's a lovely, there's a lovely friendship through the generations. Albert um, pops in often and bosses us around too. So there's Very a nice. nice continuity. And so where do your customers come from? Most of our <coughs> customers are locals from the North Carlton, North Fitzroy area, but as a children's specialist bookshop, we are a destination as well. So we have people that drive in once a once a month or, or once a term during the school holidays who are kind of our um, not-so-regular regulars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in terms of the books, uh, do you cater for young kids? Do you cater for teenagers, a yeah, bit of everything? Um, a little bit of everything, but we, uh, I am fortunate I get to spend a lot of time on the shop floor, so I'm informed very naturally by my customers about what they want, and we have a very large uh, area of shelving devoted to board books for babies and toddlers. It's a really big part of our market, and also picture books uh, for preschoolers and, and all the way up. We have a great section of fiction for younger readers and middle readers too, and a small, a small range of um, the finest young adult <laughs> literature too. Very good. <laughs> In terms of tourism, the visiting friends and relatives or VFR market accounts for 24% of all tourism expenditure across Greater Melbourne, Uh, and that's a figure that doesn't even take into account the money spent by the locals in Carlton North or Fitzroy North who are coming in um, and playing host in the first first place. Mm. Most of the time, and I guess if you think about the last time you visited friends or family in another city, those visitors are driven to a certain restaurant or store or a strip like Nicholson Village by their host. What kind of relationship does the Little Book Room have with your locals? We see that every day and that statistic doesn't surprise me at all um, because our main customer base is parents uh, that live in the inner city. They're often visited by their own parents. So we have grandparents who are wanting to spoil their children. So it might be they come in for a special shopping trip, but also uh, we have a lot of um, families with younger children who want to enjoy our story times and they want to share a regular experience with their visitors. So we have uh, special guest grandparent uh, story times and all sorts of things like that as well. It's a real, it feels um, like quite an honour to be a place that people want to share with their visitors. Yep, well, Hmm. absolutely. I mean, walking through, (laughs) it's a place that you'd want to come and show off as part of something that you can do in the local area. Zooming out a little bit from the little book room, can you give me a bit of background on Nicholson Village? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a village that is undergoing quite a lot of change at the moment. It's sandwiched between two other precincts, um, the lovely village on St George's Road and the lovely tree-lined street that is Rathdown Street, and it has traditionally been the food place um, where you come to the deli and the fruit shop and the fish shop, and um, it's just changing uh, ever so slightly to be... A destination for families. We have not one but three cafes on Nicholson Street that have children's playgrounds. Right, good. <laughs> and we have two toy shops and a wonderful group of people across the road that are starting up some uh, writing workshops for children as well. The pub is extremely family friendly, so yep. that is, I think, the focus of the village going forward. The pub being? The Empress. Mm. Yes, okay. It used to be a fabulous old uh, music pub, but uh, the new owners have, yeah, made the most of the space that they have, so there is room for prams. (laughs) Yeah, cool. And so do you think that's a reflection on the changing nature of the area? Absolutely, absolutely. So the people that perhaps bought in 10 years ago are having families at a at a furious rate it's wonderful <laughs> there's something in the water <laughs> yes there's children everywhere <laughs> all those it's bars glorious. that were yeah. doing their job 10 years ago <laughs> and so you mentioned a lot of family uh family friendly businesses cafes mm. with play areas and your store as well are there any other kind of businesses that kind of fill out the demographic Certainly a lot of the food places still exist, but also quite a few of our um, retail outlets are actually offices and office services. We also have the amazing Velo Cycles in two places as well. So um, they kind of look after the bike track that runs along uh, Nicholson Street and do some pretty awesome things there. And they have an electric bicycle shop next to us. So there are um, still some real destination businesses that have high profiles. And so catching the tram up here from the city, 15-minute tram ride, mm. is there <coughs> a point at either end of the of Nicholson Street where the village, in quotation marks, starts and ends? Yeah, I would say that it starts with the Tall Chefs, Two Tall Chefs, that is just before the Stop 21 on the tram line. They have an extraordinary menu and it's terrific value as well, um, as long as you like cheese and rich, gorgeous food. Um, They run a lot of events and then um, right up to Green Park and the little bit of Nicholson Village that goes between Park Street and Brunswick Road as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Um, and there are some new businesses moving in there, bespoke jewellery makers, a new florist. That's where the post office is, yep. that kind of thing. Cool. Mm. And so what are your goals as a group or who makes up Nicholson Village? Yeah, I suppose... We don't we don't rely on passing traffic in this village. We don't have a big supermarket that um, is a kind of a one-stop shop. So our goal is to stop reinventing the wheel and work together a little bit more so that all of the events that we're running individually, we can um, work together promoting. So this this long weekend... We are all going in together and having Halloween-themed windows and festivities and just and taking part. So this is like a trial run for future things that we want to do together. Right. Mm. What's it like trying to bring everyone together into a collective? 
Yeah, well, I've been um, through this process really pleased with everybody's response, the positivity and the willingness to be involved and the enthusiasm. It's just really hard to uh, back that up with energy when there are always too many jobs on the list mm-hmm. <laughs> to get done. But um, that's a challenge we have in all facets of our lives. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so in terms of communication with the different retailers and the different business owners, how do you meet regularly or is it done via email, phone calls? Not yet. It's, it's mostly <clears throat> um, supporting each other's businesses and conversations over counters. I also live locally, so my walk to work, I have to, although I'm 200 metres away, I allow half an hour for the chats. Right. <laughs> So it is, um, it is very personal and, um, old school, low tech at this stage, Mm -hmm. but saying that we have some businesses on the strip, like third eye tattoo that have 25,000 Instagram followers. So we'd really like to skill up some of the other traders in those areas as well. So Cool. And what are your dealings with, or what have your dealings with Yarra City Council been like? Well, this um, Halloween festival has been uh, the first one, and we have been thrilled by the enthusiasm that uh, they have lent to this project, their willingness to back up a lot of administrative work. Absolutely over the, mo- uh, over the moon with the design that they have provided. That's something really challenging for small businesses and collectives to manage. Is it worth spending money on something like design? So to be able to use that resource has been just wonderful for the Nicholson Street Trick or Treat. And so are they looking to try and upskill you as a group or individual members to be able to do that design or marketing or whatever the next time around? Uh, I think actually they're, they're happy to provide their resources again and just grow this area and the promotional opportunities that we can get. So I think we just want to do the same thing again and better yeah. and just keep building, 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 which I look forward to doing. It's been a pleasure. And have you seen other precincts or traders associations do do things really well that you're like, wow, that looks amazing. Yes, absolutely. So the idea about the Halloween trick or treat came from my parents who actually live over in Parkdale um, in the southeastern suburbs. And that village has an awesome trick or treat uh, tradition now. And I've only seen photos, but the whole village is alive with primary school children in dress ups. Wow. So extreme jealousy there. (coughs) I know that the folk over on station street in Fairfield village have, uh, wonderful trick or treat events, but also, um, similar treasure hunts around Easter Mm -hmm. and another precinct that I really admire is Yarraville. They have such an amazing village and over the summer they have a wonderful park that comes alive in in the middle of their precinct and I just love that idea of the village, the shopping village being a place just for people to hang out. The area around, you know, Carlton North, Fitzroy North, as I said, jumping on the tram, you see all the huge high-rises going up and big Mm. apartment blocks. There's been a lot of growth over the past few years in the area. How has that impacted your business and your neighbours and the precinct's ability to cater for the growing local population? 
I think um, we certainly have capacity for more. So for us, it's it's we as in the little book room or we, the the, area, the village, the, the village. Nicholson Street Village. We are just a little bit out of the way of some of the the main apartment buildings, but we'd really like to draw that traffic um, from Brunswick uh, down into our village. We're on one of the most the the most speedy excellent tram lines in the village but in the city but um yeah we we need to remind people that we're here mm. i suppose is our challenge yep so how are you looking to bring more people in to the village um we're going to continue with our schedule of events um it's got been going from strength to strength and the more you do the better you get so mm-hmm. our reach is certainly um becoming wider but we, I think we'll formalise our collective a little bit more next year. We thought a great way to make the most of these new apartment complexes going up is to put perhaps show bags, a Nicholson Street Village show bag together that perhaps we can talk to the developers or the real estate agents about um, supplying as a welcome to the area pack. So that's certainly something... Um, that we'd like to do and really build networks with existing local communities so that we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. So schools, uh, childcare centres, other co-ops and also making the most of the space that we have. We've had guests come in and perform their music for children and they bring a whole network of other people as well. So open to everything, but those are are the ideas that seem to have um, the highest return for a manageable level of effort. Yeah, cool. Are there any other, I guess zooming out a little bit more, are there any other kind of challenges that you see that face precincts and trader associations in general? I think um, big personalities of small business owners. We we small business owners are used to being our own bosses and doing things our own ways. Mm-hmm. So it can be just a, a challenge navigating those personalities. I think that also adds to the richness of, of what the organisations can achieve and create as well. And it's always it always comes back to time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and often people are already overcommitted, but um, you just make the most of it. I and think. it's baby steps. Yeah, and yeah, giving ourselves time to so having a year plan for mm-hmm. events as a as a group rather than expecting um, something to have to to really perform the first time we do it. Cool. So I've just got a few uh, little questions, things that you love about Melbourne, just to bring it all back home. What do you, what's your favourite Melbourne must-do experience? Um, I, love, I love that Melbourne is a musical city, so I think it is important to go and see a gig at the Tote and then go to the Art Centre and see some opera in the State Theatre as well. <laughs> Very good. Uh, where will you be on a Friday night? Will you be at State Theatre or at the <laughs> Mix it up and I probably am more local okay. anyway. <laughs> uh, and what about, do you have a favourite restaurant? Um, not really. I think that there are so many um, to enjoy. The, the one that I think is sets the bar is a local place called Fans Notes, which is a bar and restaurant all in one. It is 
extremely great food, reasonably priced. They do degustations for $50, five courses. Wow. And you can drink Cooper's Pale Ale on tap in pints. It's perfect. <laughs> what more could anybody <laughs> well, want? Well, the question's out there. Do you have a favourite view of the cities? Uh, um, from my balcony, if I stretch, I can see I can see the city, but mostly I just love looking at the sun setting over over the west all of the beautiful terrace houses yeah every night it's a, it's a little bit cool cool uh <laughs> do you have a favorite event i really look forward to the mso free concerts in the bowl mm-hmm. i just i love that mostly i find the events um that i'm committed to are the ones that i host in the shop <laughs> so i don't get out to as many things as i used to yeah <laughs> um and what about a hidden secret in melbourne yeah, well, I reckon a fan's notes is definitely one. Also, just the gardens, the beautiful gardens. Mm-hmm. It's important to make the most of them in Melbourne, I think. Especially during the warmer months. Yes. Very good. <laughs> All right, Lisa, thank you very much for your time. It's and I'll thank let you. you get back to the craziness that's happening out there for Halloween. Hooray, <laughs> yeah. people have come to Halloween. so excited. For the latest on Destination Melbourne events, industry news and everything else that's going on around town, head to destination.melbourne.